Good morning. I'm Arlie Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily update for January 28, 2022. I'm going to stick mostly with the Ukraine situation today as there have been some developments on it, some of which are known to you already if you follow the media, although I'm sure the distortions that are presented by the media are uh, mostly what you're hearing. But let's begin with the U.S.-NATO response to President Putin's demands for security guarantees for Russia. What we do know from what Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, said, that there was no positive response to the principal security requests, which include no membership to Ukraine and NATO, no further eastward expansion of NATO, and no deployment of offensive weapons in Ukraine. What he said is that these are the necessary security guarantees which President Putin communicated to Biden, which he communicated to Secretary of State Blinken, and that while there are grounds for serious discussion which were posed by the response from the United States, they're only on secondary matters. And Lavrov made an important point. He said that those people who say, well, there are no written agreements, referring to the fact that the proposal made by uh, James Baker to Gorbachev was not in writing, but only an oral agreement. Lavrov said that there are written signed agreements by all parties in the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, the OSCE, which were signed by everyone, including the United States, which state that the right to choose unions, such as whether to belong to NATO or any other organization, requires taking into account the security interests of any OSCE state, including Russia. And this has not been the case of the U.S. expansion and NATO expansion eastward, which Russia has routinely and consistently opposed. And now that the NATO forces are on the doorstep of Russia, this has become an existential question for Putin and Russia's national security. And we see this with the additional military deployments underway right now. Uh, more forces are going into the Baltic states. Uh, there are also Poland. Uh, there are what are described as air policing missions right up to the border of Russia, which includes surveillance. There are NATO naval operations, including the British, in the Black Sea, in the Baltic, in the Mediterranean. And there are now 74,000 U.S. troops in Europe as part of NATO, but another uh, 8,500 on standby. Uh, this is a, a fairly significant military deployment, and the U.S. has now had at least three deliveries of major amounts of weapons to Ukraine in the last days. Uh, General Michael Flynn, who was very briefly the national security advisor to President Trump, warned that Americans have no idea how close we are to an actual war with Russia. And he said the principal problem is NATO's eastward expansion. Now then we have the, the role of the media. CNN did a report last night uh, in which they reported that President Biden, in a discussion with Ukraine's President Zelensky, said, quote, a Russian invasion is now virtually certain once the ground freezes, unquote. A National Security Council spokesman came out and denied it, said this is not true. 
and went on to say that anonymous sources are leaking falsehoods about the call. Also, a spokesman for Zelensky agreed with that, said the reports citing a Ukrainian spokesman on this are, quote, completely false. So once again, what is CNN caught doing? They're whipping up war propaganda, saying that an invasion is imminent and citing that it was from President Biden who asserted that. Now, just to give you a sense of the overall climate, uh, Russian President Putin addressed an Italian-Russian Chamber of Commerce meeting yesterday, talking about a number of things, including Ukraine, but also about the potential for expanded economic cooperation. Today, a European Union official criticized Putin for doing this and the Italians for participating, saying this is an inopportune moment for this to occur, especially as Russia is about to invade Ukraine. Again, the same certainty from the West that the sources they have saying that Russia is going to invade are impeccable, are honest and trustworthy. And all this does is play into the hands of the crazies in Ukraine who want to provoke a Russian response as a way of forcing the United States and NATO to react. Now, Biden once again said the United States will not engage in a war in Ukraine with Russia. So the provocations continue. Now, interestingly, a German, uh, a group of German businessmen and industrialists asked for a similar meeting to the ones that the Italian, to the one that the Italians just had. Now, on the questions that, that came in, there are two I want to take up. One is from someone who just said, what can we do in the face of this yellow journalism, this, this war drive coming from the media? How do we communicate the truth to our fellow Americans and citizens of Western Europe? Now, there are some people out there who are telling the truth. You have people like Pat Buchanan. You have uh, Tucker Carlson, who's very good on the Russia question, although he's of the variety who are saying we have to form an alliance with Russia to defeat China. So he's still within the range of British geopolitics. But for the most part, there's not people who are actually identifying the causes of this as we do and giving the solutions. And this is where the question comes up of the courage of people to break with the narrative and more importantly, to go with the ideas from LaRouche. There's been a decades-long operation against LaRouche and his organization for one purpose only, to discredit his ideas. And why are they trying to do that? Because LaRouche is the one person who has consistently identified the British geopolitical interests stemming from the city of London and from Wall Street, and now increasingly from Silicon Valley, to have a confrontation, not because war makes money. This is the simplistic explanation. The Warhawks want war because they want the contracts. Of course they do. But that's not the impulse behind it, except for the greedy people. The real impulse comes from the, the strategists for the British Empire, who recognize that their ability to sustain the order run by London and Wall Street means you cannot allow an alliance to take place in Eurasia which shifts toward physical economy and economic development away from the speculative systems that they're using to loot the world. The billionaires out there 
make their money by speculation. They don't want physical production. They don't want money tied up in long-term infrastructure development. And you hear all this anti-Build Back Better. Well, the Build Back Better is a terrible plan. But there are plans for real U.S. infrastructure that would require significant investment. And the Republicans who are attacking Build Back Better are doing so to prevent expenditure of funds on real infrastructure. And the Democrats who support Build Back Better are a bunch of green fascists who are trying to destroy the physical economy. So this is where both the Republicans and the Democrats work together for Wall Street and the city of London. And that's something that very few people will explain to you. And that's why they want to have a war, if necessary, to prevent an alliance of Russia and China with other nations committed to building the Eurasian land bridge and to connecting the uh, Eurasian heartland in a way that goes against the interests of the city of London. We have to bankrupt these bastards. The city of London is committed to reducing the world population through Malthusian genocide to protect their interests, and therefore they must stop Russia and China. And too many Americans who consider themselves good patriots and constitutional uh, supporters fall into the line that we have to combat Russia and China as an enemy, and especially China. Why is China under such attack by the globalists? Because they're working with Russia to break the power of the city of London. Those two countries voted against the idea of climate police at the United Nations. So this is an area where you need to listen to LaRouche and get out the truth so that people actually can think through what the solution is. Now, someone else wrote to me and asked what kind of book should be read to get a better sense of the history of Russia. And uh, this person recommended uh, Stephen Cohen, uh, a couple of other uh, books that are fairly well known. Uh, Stephen Cohen is a, a very, he's now uh, deceased, but a very prominent uh, speaker for U.S.-Russian Accord. Uh, one of his colleagues, Gilbert Doctorow, has written some books that are, are worth reading on Russia. Uh, Richard Sakwa, who I don't fully accept as an authority, but he actually has written some good stuff. He works for Chatham House, but he's written some very good things on Ukraine and Russia. Uh, now, if you want to get more about the history of fascism, get the unauthorized biography of George Herbert Walker Bush that was published by my organization, which goes through how Wall Street funded Hitler as part of the protection of the trust agreements, the global cartels back in the 30s. Uh, you can also, there's a book behind me on Russia and the New World Order by Sergei Glasiev, which gives a really in-depth picture of what the oligarchs did to loot Russia during the 1990s. And these are the same oligarchs who are out to undermine Putin, get rid of Putin, have a regime change in Russia. There's another book called The Grand Deception by Alex Kreiner, which is a case study of one of these swindlers, uh, uh, Browder, who was involved in, in building an anti-Putin movement around the world. So there are books you can find out there, but you have to look at them from the standpoint of the global strategic situation. Most of these people do not understand the role of the British. Our authors do. 
And therefore, ultimately, I would recommend that you subscribe to our daily alert or subscribe to the Executive Intelligence Review, our weekly online publication, or both of them. And if you're interested in information on them, you can write to me at my email address, harleysch at gmail.com, and I'll send you the information on how to get these subscriptions so you can get up-to-date daily information on what's shaping the events in the world. So thanks for joining me this week. Uh, the other thing you can do, of course, is share these updates. Get them around. We're starting to see an uptick in the number of viewers. It's really crucial that we break through the psychological warfare that's being run to commit the people of the United States to uh, being ignorant about the fact that we're sleepwalking into World War III. So have a good weekend, and I'll see you next week.